Did you ever get curious about why large organizations seem to struggle so much with agility and why scaling frameworks seem to just add more complexity and not much in the way of horsepower? I think I have a couple of answers for you. That's this week on the Badass Agile Podcast. Greetings, team. Welcome to the Badass Agile Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Williams. My loyal friend, thank you for tuning in to have a listen. You know, I'm aware that every week you check in with me, you listen to this show and have done maybe for years now, and I thank you. Appreciate you so much. I see so many people struggle to understand why big organizations can't get agility. They can't bring the right support. They can't bring the right understanding. They seem to be talking a centuries-old language, and they're unwilling to change. We just can't seem to put a nice cap on it. Why is this happening? It's important to know this, otherwise you're never going to be able to negotiate yourself away from it. So why don't we take a closer look this week? Now, before we do that, let's take a moment to remember why we're here. To create an elite tribe of leaders who truly serve their clients and communities by doing what matters and what works, relentlessly chasing value and excellence like a badass. There's so many resources out there about what you need to do to be agile, but we're focused on who you need to become in order to lead teams. So let's hammer down those fundamentals to create a truly unique and powerful force in this industry. Now, remember, if this helps you, won't you share this episode with your friends? Now, at this point, we're more than halfway towards a full cohort seven of the forge. So if you're struggling secretly in a way that we don't talk about with productivity, with confidence, with getting teams to move in a unified direction, with being able to communicate with leadership, to speak truth to power, to really collaborate, negotiate, to sell your ideas, to have more capability to persuade and to make change, then you're going to want to check this out. Right now, we're running special promotions to get you into the forge this fall. It's a year-long leadership immersion experience. And I can tell you, based on my past experience with my existing customers, that this experience is truly transformative. This is the educational experience that changed them. This is so much more than training. So to find out if it's a fit for you, just click on the link below and sign up for an information session at the date and time that works for you. Now, this is not a webinar or a pre-recorded thing. I'm actually there in person to talk to you, tell you all about it, to share with you what we've built, why it's so special, and why it's so effective. And hey, there's some special discounts just for showing up. So scroll on down, click the link below, sign up, and I'll see you there. All right, let's talk about big enterprise and why they struggle to be agile. You know, so often when we talk about human relationships, don't we often try to live in somebody else's skin, but using our own brains and hearts? Well, how well does that work out? Not only do we fail to understand the other person, but we don't understand why they're so upset, why they're so unhappy. Why? We can't collaborate and coordinate together better. It's because we fail to recognize the fundamental differences in the other and to recognize that those differences are not negatives. But we do have to exist in their world a little bit better if we expect to get better results. It's the same thing with your relationship with your client, your organization, your boss. Here are some characteristics of a big organization that you need to understand. 
Because living in the agile skin, we don't need any practice with. We already know how an agile person should think and feel and act. We understand what our shared values are. But do we really understand the characteristics of a large organization? I don't think we do. Here's some of the most important ones. Number one, big organizations are generally pleasers. Because we know we'll never make everybody happy, we focus on trying to make the greatest number of people happy, which means we seek to please the average everyday person. And what is the average everyday person? It's someone who's content to linger a little bit in the corners, to stay out of the spotlight, to do what they need to do, to get the paycheck they want, the raise they want, the promotion they want, the perks that they want. Even if it means they have to game the system a little bit, they will do, and this is going to sound awful to hear, but it's been said, not by me, but by someone before me, I can't remember who it was, that most people, let's call it 70 to 80% of the people that you meet working in large organizations or corporations, are doing the bare minimum that's required to not get kicked out. That's hard to spot this, because people are working hard. They're exerting energy. They're exerting hours. They're burning themselves out. So you might say, no, 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 that person works really, really, really hard. But if you look closely, they're not delivering what you would call exceptional or abnormal results. In school, at least when I was going through, we were rewarded separately for effort and achievement. And your parents always used to say to you, well, it doesn't really matter what score you get, as long as you tried your best. So we have people that have great intentions, but at the end of the day, and I know you've met these people, they're like, I just want to sneak out at 3.40 so I can catch the early train home and pick up my kids from school. I don't want to come in today because I got a little bit of a cough, but at the same time, there's a big parade downtown or there's the big game or I had a little bit too much to drink last night, so I better just stay at home in bed. Average. Just the kind of everyday amount of accountability, everyday amount of passion, everyday amount of ambition and vision. And that's who an organization that shoots straight down the middle tends to attract. People who just want to show up every day, punch the clock, not attract too much attention, so eventually I can get my pension and retire. Now here's the deal. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I totally respect not wanting to burn yourself out, not always wanting to have to throw down the maximum amount of effort, not always having to go above and beyond. I get that that's not for everybody. But here's what you need to know. That sort of ordinary employee thinking, just marching my way to retirement, tends to create people who don't want to take a lot of risks, people who don't want to be seen, people who don't want to rock the boat. They're also people who won't take unusual amounts of accountability. They won't put their hand up for the big reach, for the big goal. They're looking to learn and get their certifications or their training so that they can get the extra pay bump, a half percent or a point and a half, but they're not really looking to stretch and to grow. In fact, if you were to spend any amount of time with folks that possess that mindset, you'd understand that what they like is comfort and certainty and safety. So guess what? Big organizations hire and value people who think and act that way because they're not in the business of taking big amounts of risk. Think about a bank. They don't take crazy amounts of risk. Think about an insurance company. They take risks, but they're well-calculated risks. They invest heavily in understanding how can we make it so that the house always wins or at least doesn't lose. But now think about Agile for a second. What do we value? We value working together with energetic, passionate, cross-functional people, visionary people, 
We want to work with people who are always self-inspecting and learning so that we can grow and improve our performance through that learning. These are people who are open to feedback, people who are okay with hearing that they didn't do the greatest job this week, that there's an area that they need to work on or clean up. They're cool with that because they know that that's how they get better. These are people who usually set a higher bar for themselves because they want to be measured on excellence. But most importantly, they want to create things that don't exist in their world today. Agile people are all about change. And change is always risky and change is always uncomfortable. So here you have a group of people who believe those things, bumping into an organization made up of people who are hand-selected because they're not going to engage in anything risky. They'll do the work. They'll follow the process and follow the manuals. They'll stick with the regulations and the specifications. If the booklet was signed by the right people and it says do this, then we do this. But if it says don't do that, then we don't do that. These folks place a great deal of value on the rules. And that's exactly what the organization needs them to do and to be. So if big organizations shoot straight down the middle and try to please as many of the average, not even person, but average mindset and average attitude as they can possibly find so that they can hire the most loyal and the best people who will remain with the company and stick with the cause while not taking too many chances, not stepping outside the lines too much, being really uncomfortable with failure, not wanting to stick out, and most comfortable with tradition and the way that we've always done things, then here you are as a bunch of agile folks believing what you believe, coming up against an enterprise or organization that believes almost the complete opposite, and is it any wonder that we don't get along? So how come they choose agile in the first place? Well, you know what it is? It's a little bit like music in the 1990s. At some point, we had all our hair metal bands and we had our British New Wave groups with the nice hair and the beautiful costumes and maybe a little too much makeup. All of a sudden, grunge comes on the scene and it's a totally different feel. In the 80s, you had folks who could shred. Think Eddie Van Halen. With the grunge movement, you had cats that couldn't afford all six strings on a guitar, much less know how to shred on it. It was a totally different vibe. But it started from an honest movement. Everyone, except me, was enchanted. I never really caught on to the grunge thing, but I certainly noticed when all of a sudden getting a red and black fleece plaid jacket cost $100 or $200 when you could have got it in a thrift store for three bucks two weeks ago. The big organizations definitely wanted a piece because what they saw was opportunity to ride the wave of a new movement and the excitement of youth who had all this wonderful disposable income. But they didn't really mean it. They didn't really feel it. And so it became kind of fake and kind of forced. And all of a sudden, these copycat bands come from out of nowhere. And sooner or later, that movement, too, changed and shifted. And the people who changed and shifted and eventually killed it are not the people who brought it into being with honesty and passion and integrity. And sometimes I feel like that's why people choose agility for their organizations, because it's a trend. Everyone's using the word, so we better be ready to use it too. And it sounds like we can do twice the work in half the time, so what the hell, I'm in. But think of the misalignment that that creates. When our objectives and our aims are not in sync, we're not going to play well together. And so this is why you hear, why does Agile fail? And does it fail? Yes, it fails a lot. It fails because management's not aligned with the team. Team doesn't feel supported. Nobody's willing to commit. 
the resources, the time, the money to do it properly, but they expect all the goodies. Yeah, I could see how that'd be a problem. What about you? So what do you do? I think there's great hope for Agile in the enterprise, no matter what size it is. But I don't believe that the way it was fashioned and the frameworks that we use to do it are designed to scale. So here's what. Don't start with trying to scale. Instead, build a small fire. Something you can do. Something you can improve. Some value that you can add. That if it's good and if it's right, other people will notice. They'll come to your fire. They'll say, what's going on over there? Not only are they doing incredible things, but they look like they're having a blast doing it. Now remember, what's the big organization going to do? They're going to want some too. But now they want the result. They want the outcome. And if they want it badly enough, we're authorized and in a perfect position to say to them, yeah, you can have it, but here's what you need to do first. It means that you're going to bring me the willing minds and the projects that fit. And if it doesn't scale, if it's not right, Let's not force it. Don't do it. Don't try to scale it. See, because that doesn't mean that big organizations can't innovate. They can. Even the biggest organizations can learn to scale quickly and to deliver better. But guess what? The culture has to be there first. If you try to square peg it into the round hole of the average, the kind of motivation that we spoke about before, safety, certainty, don't take a lot of risks. Don't accept failures. Be certain before you leap. See, if you don't hire for that, if you don't reward that, if you don't enable it and support it, you're never going to have it. It won't be part of your culture. And so, Agile will continue to be a head-scratching, frustrating mystery to everyone who tries to bring it to bear in the modern organization. And hey, it's only going to get worse because things are changing, aren't they? The way that we work is changing. Our opportunity to automate and economize is changing. What we need human beings to do will be very different in five years than it is sitting here today. So if companies want agility and they want all of the benefits that it offers, they're going to have to be prepared to sign up for the commitments and the changes that it requires. And in my experience right now, most large companies don't do that. But you, you could make a difference. You could help them do differently by focusing on the small fire, the willing minds, and the projects that fit. So, will you try it? If you have questions about how to do it, talk to me. I'd be happy to share my experiences with you. As always, you can find me at badassagile.com. You can find me on Instagram at badassagile. Why not join the Facebook Badass Agile Listener Lounge while you're at it? I look forward to seeing you next time, and until then, stay badass.